0: When I opened this portal of communication, um, it felt like five spirits wanted to come through and talk. And I was like, no, I actually don't have time for that. I need to want to talk to two. And I pushed the others out and they went away. And, you know, it almost felt like you were in not a customs line, but it was like it felt, um, you know, you're in you're in such of your own authority and you got to be in charge of the questions that you asked. Da da
1: da la da 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 It's the genius portal Oh da 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 la la Cast is at thee da 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 la la Come play in your heart Oh da 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 la Welcome back to the Genius Portal podcast It's Ellie Dayton here, and I'm excited to be joined again by Melissa Partman today. Today, we're going to be talking about becoming extrasensory. Mel has been participating in extrasensory School of Light for the last eight months, I believe now, and has been having quite the journey, quite the adventure. And I'm really excited to speak with somebody and ask some questions about the journey in this platform and also I'm opening myself up to be asked questions which is really cool because the last episode that I did about extrasensory was just me by myself answering questions so I'm looking forward to perhaps being caught by surprise and hearing what your journey has been like Mel so hi and welcome
0: back Thank you so much for having me. I am beyond ecstatic to have a chat with you about this because, yeah, my extrasensory journey has um, been very enlightening since I entered your container. It's really flipped my world on its head a bit in the best way, um, especially considering uh, where I started to where I'm now. So I'm really excited just to share what's been happening and to really um, give the transmission that everyone, like, is extrasensory, truly, we just haven't been shown how to tap into our gifts.
1: So true, our motto, or our saying, I guess, in extrasensory is, you're not crazy, you're connected, and I think it's so true for so many of us, we have these enlightening experiences we have these experiences of being connected to something beyond the 3D experience that we know and seeing things out of the corner of our eye feeling or knowing things that we can't explain and there isn't anywhere to really turn to for reliable information on that I mean at least that was my experience growing up having my awakening being extrasensory being really opening open there wasn't really anywhere that I can turn so I'm so excited to have extrasensory school now to have this platform to be able to have these conversations to be able to have a place where people can turn to either harness something that is already open within them or to activate and remember something that I believe already exists within them. So Mel, you mentioned that it has been quite the journey that you have been flipped on your head in a good way. (laughs) And I'd love to start there. Tell us, where did you begin when you first heard about extrasensory? I know you knew about it before the world knew about it. And so you already had exposure and your own journey with that. But tell us what it was like for you, the road to committing to joining and being a part of it. And give us a snapshot just fast forward to where you are right now so that we can have that
0: that gap and then we'll fill in some of those gaps. Oh, the road to extrasensory. I remember you sharing this concept with me like ages ago and you did like an interview process and I remember you asking all these questions um, and I was really ex- – I was curious about it. It was kind of like this was a world that I had never ventured into I knew I was terrified of it, though, because our extrasensory education <laughs> um, in just normal society is normally just based in horror movies. So there's, like, this a sense of, like, occult and mysticism, but also this real sense of, like, to be opened in this space is, like, really terrifying. So I just had never came to, like, a grounded space to... Um, really even open to the concept of this. I think like if anyone knows me, I'm definitely a bit of a scaredy cat, um, especially on the very early women's circle days where, you know, occasionally there used to be the odd spirit in a room that would be attracted to what we were doing. And, you know, I was always in the corner lighting sage and like counting my prayers and bubbles of white light and just trying to pretend that this shit didn't exist because I didn't even want to acknowledge or even open the thought of that can of worms that there is a whole nother reality to this like it would just break my brain so I think when you were interviewing like I was just excited to see that you know maybe there was a potential that I could learn how to see auras or I don't know um I knew there was definitely parts that I was like, I wanted to stay the absolute fuck away from, Uh, which um, because I didn't want to open a portal that I couldn't close. Um, And yeah, so I was very timid and excited, but I didn't know if it was the space for me because I never was someone as a young child that, you know, remembered seeing spirits or it didn't feel as of currently back then that, you know, it felt like, I could see stuff. So I didn't know if I fit into that space. I feel like I hadn't really awakened to what was there. Fast forwarding. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had a lot of awakenings in the extrasensory space, particularly when we've been talking about light work and light, and light language. Um, it literally feels like I'm just turning on taps that have always been there. Um, but I just never knew it had existed and just the flow on effect is really wild. Um, I now do offerings in light language, which is uh, a healing modality. If you haven't heard about it, where you channel, um, yeah, I'd say like a, a medicine language, uh, from an otherworldly source to, um, help, um, correct and flush out, um, your vessel or a vessel of another, um and yeah, so I offer it now, which is so, so cool. Um, like I've always been quite a strong channel. Like I fucking love intuitive readings and I had really harnessed, um, you know, opening my channel to, uh, universal wisdom in English. <laughs> um, and then just finding out that I could connect and channel my focus to a different space and learn how to channel light language. And then, turn it into an offering within a month of learning it and have people and clients have incredible, powerful experiences. It just, it just completely blew my mind. I never knew that I could connect to that world, let alone be an incredibly powerful anchor for it. Yeah. It has been so beautiful to
1: witness your journey and see you go from, really a space of fear and being quite uncomfortable to being really comfortable and being so confident and out there in your expression and in your gifts has been really cool without breaching confidentiality or any agreements that you have with your clients. Is there a story that you're able to share with us, a story or something that's happened um, that you can do so within your boundaries or even
0: maybe one of your own experiences? Um, yeah, so I um, I have a particular, like, a beautiful friend who comes and sees me for the light language services and um, she's definitely uh, more of a feeler um, in terms of she feels very emotions very deeply and she... Um, yeah, she's just really takes on board energy, but is prone to overthinking. So when um yeah, the very first time I did light language on her, it was just um such an incredible rush of sensation for her. It was um almost as if I was opening up her her kundalini pathways or the the centers of her chakras and she could really feel such a full flush of energy coming through her crown all the way to her base um and yeah so I often do sessions with her and it's such like an a fun experience because obviously I'm channeling energy but I also don't taste the full uh essence of that energy because I'm facilitating in that moment um so it's it's such a such an interesting space for um people to um, share with me their experiences afterwards in the in the session debrief Um, but yeah I just never knew that um, light language could be so profound or when I had have received it from others it's always felt connective but subtle but to have someone feel like incredible surges of energy or have their body feel flushed with heat or to have someone's spine feel like it's cracking into place like that that literally blows my mind um and yeah it just really shows me that when I'm able to open with integrity and connect to um guides that I know um and that are going to be showing up in this in terms of like being of service to the highest good like these like energetic miracles or masterpieces like they can happen like it's it's really it's so it's so bizarre to think that me speaking and making all these different sounds and noises can have such a such a deep effect on someone's body vessel and experience and even their mood like it, it's really wild it's like meditation on crack is a really good way to describe light language I feel <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> How eloquent.
0: Um,
1: But I do tend to agree and I think you actually gave reference to a session that you did with me where my back cracked. I'm pretty sure that that was me. Um, And that was really cool to have, you know, to be on screen with somebody so we're having a digital channeling, a digital session so we're not even in the same state. We live on opposite sides of Australia and through your channeling, for my body to be realigning itself like it is it is really profound and beautiful and and it's experiences like that that I find in our awaking journey that that really cement in the realness of the magic there's no escaping or no pretending that that didn't happen or I suppose you can but um yeah it just it brings it into the 3d it crosses that bridge between the other world and this one and brings that connection so Mel, you mentioned earlier that you were afraid of, you know, what if I open a portal that I don't know what to do with? Or what if I open a portal that I don't know how to close? Like, and this whole concept of our extrasensory education being so centred in horror films or, or thrillers. And that's really true, actually. A lot of my early experiences were very frightening and I spoke to that in the episode that I did by myself but I would love to hear what has shifted within you in that or what has supported you in the fear that you did have and yeah how has the extrasensory container helped you shift into this space of empowerment because you feel so confident and empowered in your connection now and that's not something that wasn't there before, but it definitely wasn't as confident as you are today.
0: I think a good story to start with is the very first time <laughs> I did a seance in class with you, and I had a lot of resistance to um doing extrasensory um, school with Ellie, in particularly our term one content uh, because we were sort of working with sort of land and spirits. And you know, it still was in this space of like it's on the earthly plane, like it's not all love, light, namaste. Um, so anyway, I was you know still rocking up to our live calls, but I was definitely wasn't you know being super diligent and you know watching prior content videos and being the gold star student that I normally am. Anyway, I rock up to class, and it's just me and another. Uh, woman in our in our group and I'm like cool what's like happening and then Ellie's like oh we're gonna do a seance today and I just started panicking like laughing crying like giving Ellie like the what the fuck eyes over the zoom call because you know in terms of horror movies (laughs) the seance is where the people die (laughs) like that's when you open up a portal where you have absolutely no control of and the house that you live in is forever is going to be haunted because you know you've done something terrible with the Ouija board and it's all over Red Rover um, truth be told the session did not go like that but like the panic was there um, but once Ellie showed us the process and a lot of extra sensory work actually is about creating containers having beautiful boundaries and having very powerful intentions and sticking to it. It's like when you, um, and doing it, um, and keeping that sort of structure in regards to all the places and spaces you connect to, whether it's like you're deciding to communicate with the land spirits or the nymphs, or you're going to connect with spirit during a seance or connect with uh, the angels. It's like, I'm creating this communication container and like I have filters on the information that I want to receive and like if it's outside the parameters like I have full control and sovereignty to you know end the discussion close the container thank the beings and shoo them away and that's the end of that and I think Ellie gave me such a powerful transmission during the seance that it was actually completely anticlimatic when we actually did the thing for me, it was like, um, yeah, I just felt so empowered that, um, when I opened this portal of communication, um, it felt like five spirits wanted to come through and talk. And I was like, no, I actually don't have time for that. I need to want to talk to two and I pushed the others out and they went away and, you know it almost felt like you were in not a customs line, but it was like it felt um you know you're in you're in such of your own authority and you got to be in charge of the questions that you asked and it just wasn't overwhelming at all. It was just so simple and methodical if I allowed it to be, and I think that's what gave me permission that like I'm in full control of the situation. And that was really liberating for me to take something that, you know, would take my, make my heart race or the thing that I would, you know, cover my eyes when I watched it in a movie um, or give me nightmares later and just make it this incredibly methodical, almost boring process of just opening a door, seeing who's there and then closing it ever so politely and empoweredly um, when I desired to. Um, so that's what really changed for me, um, and I can't wait to um, do a seance again later on in the year uh, when you know I've embodied a bit more of my gifts, or when I've opened to more, and just to see how much more confident I feel in this space.
1: So powerful! For those who aren't sure or aren't familiar with that terminology, a seance is a dedicated communication with the dead or with somebody on the other side or a spirit in the spirit realm. And it's usually conducted by a medium. And I would definitely consider myself a medium, but in the extrasensory space, we operate under the assumption that all of us have those skills because we do. And it just becomes a choice as to whether or not we want to open or develop those skills. And there's definitely different parts of the curriculum in extrasensory that different people feel more drawn to and I also just want to quickly touch on I love Mel that you've gone from this state of terror and dread to boredom <laughs> Um or almost boredom as you described it but I also just want to touch on that quickly that is not an invitation to say yeah just go ahead and have a go like it'll be boring and You'll be all good. Um, There is a structure that we use. There is a system that we use that does hold that container in integrity and does allow it to be such a calm experience that it can be described as boring. Um, But I just want to pop a disclaimer in there. Uh, We don't want to be responsible for some seance chaos that somebody may go out and create. But Mel What would you say has been the best surprise in extrasensory school in terms of your own development? Because like I say, there are certain bits and pieces that some of us will resist. There are certain bits and pieces that some of us will be called to. And there are also just certain parts that whilst we might go, oh, that's really cool, we can also acknowledge that it's not really our calling. It's not really where we're called to spend time. So what has been a calling for you and has it surprised you tell us about
0: that obviously light language um but I didn't know it I had always light language it only came into my field a couple months prior to us actually exploring it in extrasensory school and when I had received it or when I had heard about it from other people I was kind of like in awe like it seemed really cool it seemed um, quite powerful, but, um, light language is channeled by higher beings, um, particularly like alien beings. Um, and it wasn't a space where I felt like I resonated a lot or, you know, it was for other friends who were more into that and they had claimed that as, you know, their, their place and space. Whereas, um, yeah, I think I more so resonated with angels, but not even to a particular strength. I think that uh, there's a part of me that's sort of trying to uh, not disassociate, but, you know, not claim anything as my own, because by claiming it, that means I have to acknowledge that I'm extrasensory. But anyway, I digress. But light language. Oh, my God. (laughs) So me not being the diligent student and avoiding extrasensory like the plague um I hadn't really done the homework or I had done it I did it by myself but it was to a very shallow degree and so I rock up to class, class and surprise surprise Ellie's like oh you guys are gonna do practice sessions on each other and I'm like what no I start sweating and I'm like oh my god I'm going to fail and bomb and just do a really shoddy job at you know, whatever it is, what we're meant to do. Like I feel severely underprepared and just like not able to facilitate an experience that I feel comfortable with because normally I'm like the practice and control queen and I had obviously done none of those things. Um, But anyway, so I was paired with someone who um, had experienced light language before but also had, had some practice channeling it and had used it in her sessions in the past. Um, so she did some on me as a healing session and in return, I had to do some on her and, um, she showed me a particular structure that she had done in, in regards to, you know, dropping someone into a meditation in English. And then when you feel called and prompted to, um, spit in some alien rap verse light language channeling and letting the things do its thing. So, I um, decided I'd follow her structure and just pray, (laughs) pray to the gods that like this would work. Like if I really allowed myself to open and surrender to what felt like the utter nonsense of speaking in another language that I had no clue what I was saying other than holding that intention that I was there to serve that person and I, I did it. And I allowed myself to go deep and to really surrender and to let go of the, oh, this is weird and actually try and give the the best and the most full transmission without filter. And at the end of the session, when she came back um, into her body, she was like, oh my God, like that was like the best ever. And from then after the initial shock. Like I, if anyone knows me, like I'm a compliments queen. So if you tell me that I'm good at anything, I'll keep doing it again and again and again until I'm the best, chuck out the rest. So I just took that as an invitation to keep practicing and keep asking for feedback. And the more positive reinforcement that I got, the more I wanted to do it and the more I wanted to do it Um, I just got really inspired by the results that I was having and the experiences that people were having that I was like, damn, I'm going to turn this into an offering because obviously I'm litty titty at this and (laughs) I shouldn't hide my gifts because I knew other people who are in tune with their own light language. They had a lot of resistance to sharing it in the world, which I thought was bizarre. But I think like if you've got a gift, whatever it is, whether it's writing or whether it's, you know, channeling spirit or communicating with the angels, like just go for it. Like just share it. There is no harm in sharing something that is like of true service to the world. So once you find that thing that makes you special or the many things that do share it and share it like loud and clear and share it to many because, um, You just don't know whose life you're going to change, like including your own.
1: What a great segue for a question. How has extrasensory changed your
0: life, Mel? Good question. How has extrasensory changed my life? It's made me feel less scared. And that was a big deal. Like I... I don't like being scared of anything but it's made me feel a lot less scared and it's made me feel more capable than ever and it's also helped me give less of a fuck to be honest because we're talking about the most outrageous outlandish things that you know nobody talks about really or if you do you're labeled you know more crazy or a bit weird and it's like once you've had these experiences of connecting to these things or that, you know, seem a bit occult or taboo from society and when, once you realise they're real and once you realise that, you know, it's, it's of true service for you to connect in this way, like, like you just stop giving fucks and you start embracing, like, more of who you are because you are magical and would it be such a shame if you denied that? because of what other people thought. Um, So I think extrasensory has helped me give less of a fuck and to calm down (laughs) and just to see myself. It's given me confidence, okay? That's a more eloquent way of putting it. It's given me confidence not just in this realm but in other facets of my life for sure. I love that so much and, you know, it circles
1: back to our, one thing or our central theme and premise in extrasensory that is you're not crazy you're connected and so I think if you're listening to this and you're still here by the way after almost 30 minutes then there's probably something here for you there's probably something here for you to open here for you to explore and I think it's really exciting I think it's exciting to be normalizing the conversation and sharing these gifts as Mel says and yeah I would love to hear from your perspective Mel who would you say extrasensory is for who would you encourage to go on this journey um and yeah
0: if there's any questions that you have for me after that I'm really open to that too I think extrasensory is for anyone who is scared of the dark. Um, yeah. And I don't just mean that in a literal sense, but I just mean anything, even if you're scared of parts of like yourself or things that have happened in the past. But really, if you're a person who has great anxiety when you watch horror films and you don't necessarily know why, or you're someone who shuts down the conversation whenever it comes to these topics, I feel like there's deep medicine for you here because this stuff is real. The only reason that you're denying it is because you feel like you can't handle it. So it's easier for you to disassociate or deny. Um, So why not learn to have it be in your reality and be empowered by it? I also feel extrasensory is for you if You know you have these gifts or some of them and you'd actually just like to be mentored with someone and build like your skill and finesse and your deeper mastery. But also if you want to be like surrounded by like-minded individuals also going on this journey because sometimes your extrasensory journey is incredibly lonely. And it's really powerful to have these experiences with community and we've built such a, a beautiful worldwide um, community with extrasensory school. So I'm just, I'm glad I have people to go through this work with, but also to swap sessions with and stories with and to just know that there are multiple experiences to every single topic that we delve into. Um, it just, yeah, it gives me a lot of, space and a lot of hope to just find the true resonance within me. I have a question for you, Ellie. My first question for you is how would you define light language and what was your experience with connecting with it initially? Um, and do you have, yeah, any particular guides Um that you have, feel like you have permission to sh- for us to share with. Um, but, yeah, tell us a bit more about, yeah, what that modality means for you. Such
1: a cool question and I feel like one that I could just speak to for at least an hour. <laughs> to me, light language is it's a communication of a frequency and I think that that's what any language is and the English language is it's just one frequency that we can express. But when we are able to tap into a different consciousness and give communication to it, give voice to it, that comes out sometimes as clicks, sometimes as sounds, sometimes as some sort of words, sometimes as song, there is a frequency shift that happens that I don't fully think that we have to understand or that even cognitively we're in a position of consciousness where we will understand it. I think our spirits have a language and an ability to communicate at a rate that our mind has not yet reached and to me light language is a skill or a pathway that enables our spirit to communicate with realms and places and to open in ways that our 3D understanding wouldn't allow and that the English language wouldn't allow and would place limitations around. I know for me that singing and toning is incredibly healing and you can think of it like that. Like when we sing, when we tone, when we hum, when we make sound, And we intentionally bring that sound to different parts of our bodies, which is something that you can try right now. If you're listening, if there's a place in your body that feels tight, that feels dense, that feels heavy. If you imagine giving sound to that part of your body, if you take a breath and then just open your mouth and let out a sound from that part of your body and just let it happen, just see what happens. You will notice the energy of that part of your body shift. And That to me is an example of what we're tapping into when we tap into light language, but we're doing it in a way that shifts our consciousness, that opens us to our remembering beyond what our human experience has allowed so far. I think of um, my journey with light language and for me it feels like every time I connect, every time I commune, with a guide, with a new friend, with an ally in that space, I just feel like I'm remembering more of who I am and I don't always have words for it and I can't always articulate it in English afterwards or journal in a way that really captures what I've just experienced. It's much like going on a plant medicine journey in that sense. It doesn't logically fit together um, all the time but I can't argue with the frequency shift that happens. I can't argue with the healing that I experience. I can't argue with the change of state, the change of consciousness, the opening that I experience. And I've had journeys where I've entered the journey with a broken bone and come out of it without. And logically, does that make sense? No. For that to happen in the space of 15 to 60 minutes? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense in the science that we have today that I'm aware of. It doesn't make sense in the understanding of how the body heals that we have today, at least that I'm aware of. But when we're connecting to these quantum fields, in the quantum field, it makes sense. In the quantum field, we can jump. In the quantum field, shifts can happen that quickly. And yes, I do believe that I'm communicating with beings from other planets and other spaces, but I actually also believe that it wouldn't even matter if I did because it's the frequency that comes through when I articulate and it's my intention that comes through when I connect and it just feels like a different part of my DNA is activated and remembered and I don't believe in the junk DNA that science references despite being a scientist myself. I believe that is the DNA of consciousness greater than what we currently understand in the 3D humanness. And that is the DNA of our spirit. And each time I journey personally, more of that DNA becomes accessible. More of me becomes accessible, becomes available. And that's what I love to share. That's the premise that I fall behind or that I work with. It does work. We can all do it. It doesn't matter what we believe. It matters what we intend and what we allow to not filter through ourselves. And my first experience, what a question. My first experience with light language, I hated it. (laughs) I heard a YouTube video um, and it made me feel so uncomfortable. It was like it made my skin crawl. And the person that I was watching was so emptied out and hollowed out and that was so a judgment that I had about light workers about people who channeled light language I really thought that it was like this niche group of people who exited society and didn't want to participate in being a human and just wanted to check out and use that really as a way of opting out of bypassing the human experience and it creeped me out like it was so hollow and I put all light language in that box until a couple years later when I spent time with a friend of mine who I won't name but I might actually invite to come be on the podcast with me and she uses light language often it's, it's so integrated into her life and it was the first time I heard light language and I felt relaxed and I felt connected and I felt the magic in the air that I couldn't explain but I could feel and it was so tangible to me and I was like oh my gosh that is what it feels like when it's embodied that is what it feels like when the person is still connected to earth and still living on earth and still functioning in earth and this person's a mother and very connected and has beautiful community and beautiful offerings and yeah I'm definitely going to ask her to come speak on here but that opened it to be something that I saw in a positive light. Like it stripped away my judgment from my previous experience. And I found that I was able to tap into it myself after that. And, um, yeah, I did that in a number of ways. I did that in my meditation experience. I did that in float tanks, which I find super psychedelic personally. Um, And when I think of guides, I think of guides in a couple of different ways. I think of guides and I speak to one of my primary guides is my great grandmother who I didn't know that when I first started communicating with her. Um, But I now know who was a practicing witch, but her daughter, my grandmother is not. And we lost all of her, books all of her information in a flood it was all ruined and so none of that was passed down in a 3d sense but she began communicating with me at a really young age took me a long time to figure out like years to figure out who she was um and it was actually another friend of mine who is extrasensory and she's very clairvoyant and she has completely clear vision of the other world and she saw and she cried. She was like, oh my gosh, the love and guidance that you're surrounded with is like nothing I've ever seen before. And that's when it clicked into place to me that it was my family. Um, And so she is a primary guide that I speak to a lot. She teaches me a lot about my craft and has given me a lot of tools and skills that I use in my day-to-day life. And I also have light beings in particular that I connect with and also just groups and families of light beings that I feel very comfortable with. And so if I connect with somebody and, and that's obviously the frequency that they come from, I'm very happy to hang out in that space. So, yeah, that I think I answered your questions.
0: I hope I answered your questions. I think that's a pretty long answer. No, you did amazing. I'm like, can we keep going? We're gonna to have to do another extra sensory episode. I swear, we'll pro- we'll do another three at least before the end of the year. <laughs> um, but no, that was amazing. Oh, it's just incredible. It's and so interesting to hear like your journey with it about you know seeing it in a space where it felt uncomfortable, icky, and then you know finding a different re- resonance and frequency um, with it being shared by another person. And it just goes to show like our initial impressions of things in any of the extrasensory departments, they're not always the the be-all and end-all. <laughs> like we really do need to have a more holistic view or be able to come to the table multiple times before we make our final assumptions about anything really. Um So I'm glad that you had that like shift of perspective and to actually then claim it as one of your own gifts as well. Yeah, we have a saying in our
1: house that there are always other exits at the roundabout and we always operate under the assumption that there's an invisible exit that we haven't seen yet. You know, when you're in circumstances or situations where it feels like there's no way out and it feels like there's no other option and it feels like you are cemented in your knowing it is usually a good sign that you're in your shit and there is something else available. And so we will ask each other this question. We being Claire and I, my partner, um, yeah. What are the exodus at the roundabout? And it's such a beautiful, refreshing perspective to have on life and definitely opens us to more because we don't know. (laughs) And it's a lot more liberating and a lot more fun to approach life just being willing to not know because then things can unravel and then newness and freshness and magic can come your way so thank you so much Mel it's definitely really fun having this conversation with you and it was fun to ask you some questions because obviously I'm there in teacher mode when we're in extrasensory school and I know that we have a lot of share time and we really do create space for normalizing the conversations but I was able to ask you questions here that I haven't asked in that space so it's it's really beautiful to connect with you in that way and as I said earlier it's just been such a joy to witness not just you but everyone's journey unfolding and the skills developing and the confidence and the inner authority that has just been blossoming particularly from those of you who have really followed through because it's a year-long commitment and so there have been people who have dropped off and Disappeared and they will come back and you know, in and out as people do with commitment, right? But it's been so beautiful to watch. So, I would love Mel if you could plug, share how does someone get in touch with you for a light language reading? If somebody is listening to this, going, I want to try that, like, I want to experience this, and I'm also going to share that extrasensory school, our next class is open the applications are open. So the doors are not open yet. We won't start until August, but the applications are open. So if you want to put your name in the ring, if you want to be informed when the doors do open, because when they do open, it will only be for a short window. And it will only be for a small amount of people then or for a limited amount of people. Then you can go through the website, click on courses, and coaching and click through the extrasensory link to apply I'll put the link in the show notes but before we jump off Mel please tell us how does somebody come get a taste of
0: light language with you come follow me on the instagrams party people and send me a message that way um, I've also got a thread on my instagram that's all about light language so you can receive some free transmissions that I channeled and put into shorter reel clips Uh, but also you know um, have a look at the testimonials of the people who felt really inspired to share about what it was like Um, but that is the best place to find me to enjoy my art and my creations and my offerings is on the gram Uh, but yeah guys please do apply if this speaks to you it is an incredibly surprising experience. I never would have guessed that this is where I would end up coming on this journey, but I'm so glad I did.
1: So beautiful.
0: Yeah. I,
1: yeah, just definitely recommend go check out Mel's stuff. Her Instagram link will be below in the show notes. And I love watching your reels, Mel, and listening to them. They're beautiful and just what a gift. you're giving our community so please go do connect um please apply if you feel called to extrasensory school an application is not a commitment it just puts your your name in the ring um, and lets you be notified when information about enrollment is available which will be later this year and if you're listening to our podcasts thank you so much for being here we appreciate you we love you please leave us a review please Send us a message, get in touch, let us know what you're loving, let us know what you would love more of, and we can't wait to hear from you and connect with you more soon. All our love. It's the genius oh, podcast is here.